0: Lift up your heads. Oh, lift up your heads, you ancient gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. The king is coming in. Yeah, the king is coming in. We lift up the shout to shake the sky. We lift up the cry before it
1: trying so hard to get the words to come out, and you would rip the paper out and just throw it, throw it on the ground, and there were piles and piles of paper, and the Lord says, you keep saying, I keep making the same mistake, and the same mistake, and the same mistake, and I just feel that anger that's in somebody and the disappointment and the shame. And today is your day of salvation. The Lord says, put the pen down and let me write your story. Put the pen down and let me write your story. My blood is greater and my love is greater. Today is the day of salvation. So if that is you and you don't feel the joy that we were singing about, the joy of your salvation, right now, Jesus is calling out to you to be saved. Full surrender. Putting the pen down and saying, I don't want to write my story anymore, God. I want you to write it. And he has written it already. Today is the day of salvation. Be saved in Jesus' name. Be saved, be healed, and be whole. If that is for you, receive it right now. Whether you're in this room, I just speak it out and release it out or on the web. Right now, salvation in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father thank you father thank you father thank you father you are good you are
2: good god you are good
1: From the ground and just almost like swirling everybody around, just a, a fresh wind, the breath of God, a fresh wind, a breath of God. Ooh, your breath, Father, your breath, your breath. Ooh, let's just sing that one more time. Let your wind blow.
2: Let your wind
3: to share, I want to get into some things because next week I believe could be a very significant time, so I want to lay a platform for that, but a lot of things going on right now. There's an event in Hickory next weekend that we are trying to support, be a part with Heath and there are things going on in Moravian Falls. It's an incredible time and we bless all that God is doing. We bless all God is doing and we are excited to be in these times. I'm really excited. I had a dream last night. I, I'm still digesting that dream and trying to get all the proper... Because, you know, you have an initial interpretation, which is sometimes your own. Then you need to uh, really hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then sometimes the initial may be really the Lord, because then you try to change it or make it fit with your, whatever your situation. So anyway, I, I'll share about that all later. But Anyway, I was reading in John this week. It says, A woman... That's what Jesus said, a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. Say, her hour has come. How many of you know what that means? You, you had, yeah, you, I don't know exactly what that means. But I do know if when the hour comes, it's serious. Now, the, uh, the word sorrow means grief or anguish or agony. But then he goes on, he says, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. And then Jesus reminded them that he would give his disciples a joy that the world could not take away. Just say the hour has come. The hour has come. I'm telling you, you don't know. It's a prophetic statement. You may want to say that again. Say the hour has come. The hour has come. Say my hour has come. And uh, what I mean by that, it's the hour for the purposes of God to break out. In America, there's things beginning to rumble. Can anybody hear it in the spirit? You know that guy that said, let's get ready to rumble, and they start a basketball game. Well, this is not going to kick off a basketball game. This rumble is going to kick off a lot of events, one being the harvest. But it's an incredible time in which we live. And I want you to know. I, I know. I, I feel like. And I shared this at our Monday prayer time. I feel like I've got one more hurdle to jump for this time. There's a great contention for the purposes of God and the Spirit. And I can't go into great detail about it. But, I, but I'm just telling you. I had the hurdle. I've got the hurdle. And I keep getting all these words that confirm that I'm on that track. I even passed by a pole vault place yesterday. I'm on the track. And I'm going to plant that pole. But I'm telling you, it's a challenge to you too. We got to, there are things you've got to get over. Get over it so that you can be fully engaged in what God's going to do today. And this is going to be an exciting time. Next weekend is going to blow our socks off. I don't know what these kids are going to do from West Virginia. They may just come up and quietly say, this is what God is doing in my school. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to cause an eruption or just another part, but I'm telling you the volcano is erupting. Is that okay if I can tell you that? I'll tell you more about what the kids are coming. Look with me in uh, the book of Habakkuk. Say Habakkuk. You guys know Habakkuk, right? I've said this before, but you better read his book because you may, when you get to heaven, you may run into Habakkuk and he'll look at you and say, man, did you read my book? I didn't even know you had a book. Was that somewhere between Obadiah and, you know, those guys and Zechariah? Yeah, it's all in there. And we probably will meet Habakkuk. I have a feeling some of these prophets, are they're going to be a little different than what we imagine. They'll probably look different, you know what I mean? And we'll probably say, you? You were Habakkuk? I, f- I figured somebody much bigger than boisterous and mean you how'd you get here I mean you know it's just going to be a great time but look in verse all right Habakkuk verse uh, chapter 2 verse 1 he said I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and the Lord drew me back to this this week but the rampart is a post of observation so you can see and he says and watch to see what he God will say to me And what I will answer when I'm corrected. Now, that's interesting how he said that. I'm going to watch to see what he will say to me. If you want to know what God is saying, look around at what he's doing. And when you see what he's doing in your life, you'll know what he's saying. Does that make sense? It's one of the way God speaks. But then once you understand and uh, that you you have a response in that, because look what he says and what I will answer when I'm corrected. It's not just about what He's doing, but well, how you respond to what He's doing. You know, does that make sense? Whether you're saying, no Lord, or wait Lord, or yes Lord. How many of you are in the yes Lord mode right now? It's the only mode to be in. If you're in the wait Lord, you're going to get left behind. And If you're in the no Lord, you're definitely in the wrong crowd. This is a yes Lord time. And then let God fill in the blanks. But then He does give more instruction when God sees that we're yielded and submitted to Him. So look in verse uh, 3 or verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Say an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So, Lord, we ask you now for understanding. And, Lord, we just ask, help us. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to run this race. I'm willing to jump over this final hurdle, whatever it means. Lord, we're all here because we believe. There's a great thing you want to do in our midst. And you've already done the greatest. Thank you for your death and your burial and your resurrection. But Lord, we are believing you one more time to shake our nation from sea to shining sea with the gospel and with the power of God. So, Lord, we yield to you and we just trust you that the work you started in us, you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this incredible journey. Called the Christian Life in Jesus' name. In the summer of nineteen eighty-eight, and we'll go back a few years. Some of you were around in eighty eight, most all of you. Yeah, maybe you weren't, but some of you guys weren't around. You definitely weren't around. But they wrote a book. They wrote a book in nineteen eighty eight. Actually probably wrote it in eighty six or eighty five, I don't know, but it was eighty-eight reasons why Christ must return in nineteen eighty eight. How many of you remember that? He didn't return. But he came in some really major ways. He came to me. I was a pastor in West Virginia. And I gotta tell you how I got there, you know, being from Louisiana. And and actually, I was, uh, before West Virginia, I was in Texas for a short time in Waco, Texas. And uh, I remember I was on the way to Dallas, there was something going on, and there's an Assembly of God church on I-35, and they had a chapel. And um, when I was driving by on the interstate, the Lord spoke to my heart, said, pull off, go in the chapel. Now, I recently tried to find that chapel. They changed everything. You, everything. I don't know where the chapel is. I don't even know if the church is there. I don't even know if I-35 is there. There's like I-435, i 830 Dallas has just gone crazy. But anyway, at that time, it was just I-35. So I pull off, and I go in the chapel, and I'm, you know, just getting with God. And, and I, all of a sudden, he draws two. Choices for me He says now on the left and this was my single days and you know, I wanted to rock the world He said, okay, you could be a great evangelist You'd make a lot of money You'd be very popular and you'd have a beautiful wife and I liked that part because I was single or He gave me on the right. He said or I will send you to the a little bitty church in the middle of nowhere You won't hardly anybody will know who you are. You won't make much money I didn't make, I definitely didn't. And you'll be all by yourself. Now I said, God, can we negotiate? Can I change? Can I have the last one on the left and maybe move that one over on the right? And, no, I didn't say that. I was no, you don't, how do you negotiate with God? God, let me negotiate here. Forget the negotiation. There's only one God. He's king. He's judge. He's Lord. And I remember that from my Sunday school days. Lord meant boss. To me, I never forgot that, that Sunday school lesson. So anyway, I said, okay, you're boss. God, forget the left. I'm going right. I cannot tell you supernaturally right after that, the doors open in a miraculous way for me to go to West Virginia and pastor in a little bitty church in the middle of nowhere. You, you could not, fi- I promise you, I take a bet. You go to Philippi. You don't even know where Philippi is. But if you go to Philippi, West Virginia, you will not be able to find the church I pastored. If you find it, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't take more than that. But you can't find it. I don't know how I found it. But anyway. So anyway, I'm going to skip through. I've got to get to because I want to set the stage for what's going to happen here next week. And then get back to this. It's something very important out of Habakkuk. But anyway, I'm pastoring the church and meet Shirley, and we get married. It's, now, right before that was really cool. I think I've told this before, but I remember the day in West Virginia. I told God I quit. Anybody ever done that? I said, I was crying. I'm lonely. I don't like being by myself. I don't, I'm a southern boy. Well, West Virginia, it snowed. It was just different. I remember I was crying, and I said, God, I quit. And he asked me a question. He said, Did my son get off of his cross? What kind of question is that? Of course not. Then he said, "Are you going to get off of yours?" I said, "No." So anyway, I stayed the course. Right after that, we met Shirley. Oh, I met Shirley. And anyway, we got married in a few months, and it was a great time. Anyway, so anyway, we're on the way to my grandparents in West Tennessee, Paris, Tennessee. And on the way through, driving through Nashville, they had this advertisement, America Arise. It was a worship event that was going to be held in Vanderbilt Stadium. Now, my, I wanted to go. I thought, man, this is great. I won't tell him you didn't want to go, Shirley. I won't say anything about that. But, <laughs> but I remember it was our first little deal. Yes, no, yes, no, yes. Anyway, we won't go there. I won't say anything about that. But anyway, we went, and it was glorious. It was amazing. It was a worship event in Vanderbilt Stadium, and uh, there were many people. They had a white horse on the field. There were showfars and banners, and then they would go. You'd pray for you know around in circles in the stadium. And I'll, let me show you. You got that America arise? Can you show that picture? I want to show you this. I, I dug them up this week. There it is. Can you see that? America Arise, August the 12th, 1988, Vanderbilt Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee. Arise and shine for thy light has come. I wanted to go so bad. We went, and it was wonderful, wasn't it? I mean, she was all for it. We had a blast. So anyway, we go back home. Okay, you can change that. Go to the next picture. I said, we got to do this in West Virginia. So we had a West Virginia Arise. I traveled the state, and I promoted. I went to pastors and I said, we've got to do it. We've got to have revival in West Virginia. You know, I was in a little bitty place in the middle of nowhere. I wanted to see God come. So Saturday, November 19th, 1988, 7 p.m., 444 West Pike Street. I'd forgotten it was 444 until I looked this up this week. That meant a whole lot to me, a prayer and worship gathering. For, for more information, 457-3514. That was my home number. It's the way we did things in those days. But anyway, you can take that down. We had a West Virginia. Now, I wanted, I had to talk to the guy that did America Arise. How did you do it? We want to do it in West Virginia. So I fly to Nashville, meet with him. Guess who it is? I know nothing about Morning Star. He knows nothing about Morning Star. It just happened to be the pastor who was going to, the man who was going to be the pastor of this church that I'm now pastoring, Ray Hughes. It was Ray Hughes. First time I'd ever met him, I had no, he had no idea he was going to pastor where I was going to pastor. I was going to pastor, follow it after him. This is the way God works. It was in the miraculous times. Anyway, Ray told me the story. And I went back and, and we did it. And we prayed for revival to break out in the great state of West Virginia. It was an amazing time. I was thinking this week about Barton W. Stone and how that, you know, he saw what happened in the, the Red River Revival in Kentucky, so he wanted it to happen in Cain Ridge, and he, he called a meeting, and the blessing of God was upon the meeting. And then he called another meeting, and 20,000 people showed up. And America needed a shot in the arm uh, that, on the frontier, sin began to abound, and they needed badly for God to show up. There's one eyewitness account of Cane Ridge, This man said, I stepped onto a log where I could have a better view of the surging sea of humanity. The scene was to my mind indescribable. At one time, I saw at least 500 people swept down in a moment as if a battery of a thousand guns had been opened up upon them, followed by shrieks and shouts that rent the very heavens. The power of God fell. I remember reading where... So many people fell out under the power of the spirit that the people in the nearby town thought that there was a medical emergency. So they were running out to Cane Ridge to help the people get up off the ground, see if they could revive them. They could not revive them. They couldn't revive them because it was, had nothing to do with the medical thing. The power of God broke out in a mighty way. Now, let me get back to the story. West Virginia. So we have West Virginia rise. And I don't remember how many people came to you. It was in Clarksburg, I don't know, a couple hundred from all over the state, just crying out for revival. Anyway, so I, I had this, believe it or not, from the middle of nowhere, we had a television ministry. I was on Channel 46 in Clarksburg, and Shirley was one of the camera people. She did a great job. It was good. I don't know about the other part. And then I had this uh, radio program. We did these cassette tapes. You don't know what cassette tapes You have no idea. Anyway, I would go in my bedroom, and I'd close the door, and I'd, I had a little mic about this tall, and I would, in the name of Jesus, repent, you sinners. You know, get my. I, I was just preaching on the... And then I'd send that to radio stations. You know, in those days, i sent send it to Roanoke, Raleigh, North Carolina, down in Louisiana, and, and it was all through West Virginia. And I wanted to give it up one time. I thought, well, I've done that enough. You know, that's silly going in there speaking in a little bitty... I don't even know who's watching or listening. Well, they were watching too. But anyway, I wanted to give it up. I thought, it's time to give it up. And the Lord said, cast your bread upon the water. Because you don't know what's going to come your way after many days. So I did. We kept casting our bread upon the water. And it's an amazing time in which we're living. Now, next week, a group of young people are going to be here from West Virginia. How many of you know what's going on in West Virginia right now? You don't know. Some of you don't know. It's, a, it's an awakening. And a revival has broken out among the Fellowship of Christian Athlete groups is where it started. It's been, it's been gaining ground for about three years. But recently they've broken out into meetings in one of the poorest areas of West Virginia. It's where the Hatfields and McCoys had their feud. And so we have some, uh, some of the kids are coming. We, a group of us went, some of the young men, to see what God was doing. And we showed up at a leader's gathering. And uh, so they were worshiping the Lord. We got to meet some of them. And so we're going to bring some of them here. There are youth pastors coming. There's one worship leader, one principal of one of the high schools, and a teacher, maybe a number of teachers. They want to come. They've heard about Moravian Falls, so they want to come here. And there's a convergence that's going to happen of fires but uh, they really believe that, uh, that a great awakening has begun in West Virginia and they believe they're gonna, it's going to happen here. How dare them believe that? Your bread, I don't know, you know, you saying what you did in 88 has anything to do with what's happening in 2016? Absolutely. All the prayers of the saints, we've all, we've been filling up the bowls, intercession, and God is about to To break out. Now, the revival is broken out mostly in Mingo County, but it's now spread to Logan County. And um, it's going to be an amazing time. They're going to run a story this week in the Wilkes-Journal Patriot. And uh, it's just, I'm really anticipating. Now, we're just going to turn them loose. Is that okay with you guys? I don't care if they're, what happens? If, if, we can't, if we have to tell them, hey, speak closer to the mic, we can't hear you. It doesn't matter. We're going to let them come share their testimonies of what God is doing. And I told them, any of you guys want to preach, just, you know, just keep in mind everybody that comes. Give them an opportunity. And let's just see what God does. And then at the end, they're going to pray for you. I'm telling you, I've been there. I know these things that are man-made that spring up and go. This is a genuine spiritual awakening because it's taken years. There's been intercession, years, and it's starting to happen. It's focused on repentance. I remember, I've shared this with you guys. We heard a testimony how a fourth grader stood up and shared what God is doing in their life in a fourth grade class, and everybody in the fourth grade class fell out under the power of God. It was hard to have math after that. And English. and Whatever they study in the fourth grade. What did they study today in the fourth grade? Environmentalism is probably what they study. Whatever. You know what I mean? It's hard to do it. So anyway, but what I was really impressed with is that that was not the focus. The focus was repentance. The focus was the harvest. And the focus was revival. Spreading across the state and spreading across America. Now. How do you walk out your own vision that God's given you? You know, you guys that are a little bit older, you you know that this Christian journey, it's not just unfolding overnight. It's taken years for God to get you where you are. And there's all kinds of pitfalls. We've been through many pitfalls, many valleys, many mountains. What's the old song? We don't even sing it. We should sing it. Amazing Grace. I've been through all those things. Many trials. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But you know there's a finished product. And so you keep running the race. You keep believing. But when you get to a certain point, you look back and you say, God, you must be God. Because how could I have ever... God. Dude, how many of you know that? what I mean? Your view of God, you can't get it just being 20, 21, 20. I, you, you got a little bit. I'm telling you, when you get to be our age, you're going to say, God. You really are God. How did you do that? What took you so long? You will know, say some of that. There'll be some of that too, I promise you. Because there'll be times you'll wonder, where are you, God? How many of you have ever been there? Where are you? Don't you hear me anymore? Yes, he heard you. His ear's not clogged up. He doesn't, he doesn't have that issue. He's not hard of hearing. But anyway, how do you walk out your own vision? And I'm going to look at the scripture, pray, there'll be an impartation. Tell people about next week. I know God's doing many things right now, and, you know, I'm just one person. I can't do everything. But this is what God's called us to. And uh, we're inviting uh, youth pastors, students. Because I remember Bob Jones' word. Did you see what Jeremiah Johnson prophesied this week? He sent out a word. How many of you saw that? Jeremiah, we, we know him. He's been here a couple times. He's a good friend. We believe he has a pure word from the Lord. He's passionate and a young, fiery man of God. But he said that God would fulfill the prophecies of Bob Jones and Lou Engle and others. And talked about revival on the East Coast. And I remembered Bob prophesied revival would begin in the mountains. And they would spread to Charlotte. They're expecting in Charlotte. We gotta, folks, we gotta do our part. So they can do their part. And um, and but Bob saw youth. He saw a million youth. And I was this morning thinking, God, how are you gonna do all this? You know, I'm always thinking, God, how are you going to do this? I'm telling you guys, you you don't know what God's about ready to do with you. Man's trying to claim things, but I'm telling you, it's for the youth. Youth are going. You guys are about to explode with the gospel and the power of God. You're gonna. He's got something planned. I know. We we just have a little group, but we got to get them all here that'll come. If they don't want to come, then they don't want to come. It doesn't matter. But uh, we need to let people, you should come. Let these kids pray for you. Let them lay hands on us. Does that make sense? And again, we're going to not interfere next week. I'm going to be restrained. You don't think... Come on now, you guys. You don't believe me. I am going to be restrained. You gotta, I've been living all my life for moments like this. It happened before 88. It happened when I was... Well, I can't tell the whole story. I'm just telling you, when when we get to glory, you're going to say, God, how in the world... From when I was a nine-year-old boy or nine-year-old girl, God, the steps have been ordered of the Lord. And though I fell many times, you held me, you lifted me up, and you delighted Oh, this is a great time to be alive. It is the most awesome time. Oh, unbelievable time. All right, let me get to this. How do you get your own vision? First of all, you, you better have a vision of who he is. You know, I know that we, we need to know who we are in Christ, but we need to know who he is in us first. That should be the primary focus and then who we are in Christ. It's part of it. We want to know the ways of the Lord. But, you know, without a vision, the people perish, right? Now, you know what that really means. Without a what? Prophetic revelation. Remember that? The people cast off restraint. That's a better interpretation. That means either you will do it your way or God's way. And if you don't have God's way, a vision of God's way, you'll do it your way. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof leads to death. And uh, so you want to get a vision of what God has. Now, His vision always brings unity. Man's vision always brings disunity because it's man doing their vision. And everybody has a vision. So the unity of the Spirit is the vision of heaven. I'm saying a lot of things I'm not saying. But I'm telling you, I'm saying it. All right? In the spirit realm. And it's going to be a glorious, glorious time. But the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so God is speaking by His testimony through His saints. And uh, the saints are walking out their life... And Jesus is getting glory for this testimony of what he's done in us and through us. Does that make sense? It's the testimony of Jesus that's being built, not a testimony of a ministry, not a testimony of a man, not a testimony of a church. When this thing breaks out, I hope we can decrease as much as possible so that he can increase. Now, that really is so that he increased and we will decrease. The, the right way that's written is He increases. We don't have a choice. We will decrease. But we need a vision. You need your own life vision, a prophetic revelation of what God wants to do in you. It's your individual journey. God has something for you. And He wants to bring it to pass. You know, I always talk about spiritual awakenings around here because it's in our DNA. It's in my DNA. And I'm not going not gonna to back down, but... How many of you have a life vision of what you believe God's called you to do and be? Some of you have. You're gaining it. How many of you are getting it? You're getting it. You got a little bit of it. You got to get it. You need a personal vision of what God has purposed for your life. How do you get that? You ask Him. You hang around Him. Those, remember those guys that they were being used of God and they weren't learned or educated, but they knew they had been with Jesus. You get your vision from Jesus hanging around him and he will make you what you're called to be. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So get your own vision, hang around him and understand who he is. He's on his throne. Now your vision will be incomplete right now, but you take the step that he's given you. How many of you found, you? I guess you're the older saints, you're the younger saints. I don't know what saints you are. You're the New Orleans saints. No, you're not. You're not the New Orleans. He's the New Orleans Saints. No. So anyway, how many of you know? You take a step and then you see the next step. That was one of the things God spoke to me when I was surrendered to preach. Because I didn't. I wonder, God, how are you going to? What? But, you know, all the questions. He said, this is what I heard in my heart. Until you take the first step, you will never know the thousands that will follow. So I took one step and guess what? I'm on many thousands of steps right now. It's pretty cool. i got a bunch of thousand more, too. I prophesy that in Jesus' name. But you've got to have your own vision of his lordship. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your lord, you need that vision. It must begin. Call out to him. Make him the lord of your life. And then the next thing. Let's go now. Let's go. Let's look at this scripture. You didn't think I'd get back here, but I really am. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. It's one thing to get a vision, it's another thing to understand the vision and to make it understood. You need understanding, I need understanding. God, thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying, but we need understanding. The sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times, but they knew what Israel ought to do. So ask God, okay, God, thank you for this revelation, but now give me the application. How does it apply to my life? Right now, today, as a 10th grader, or an eleventh grader, or you know in college, or just graduating, Lord, give me understanding. Help me walk out this first step, and then the next thing for the vision is yet for an appointed time, say an appointed time. Do everything there is a vision, the time for every purpose under heaven. I did an overview this week looking through the scriptures at uh, the way time is defined in the Bible. Here's some of the things I found. Number one, there's planned or anticipated time. We ought to be anticipating the times. How many of you have that? When you're young, you anticipate going on vacations. I remember the times I couldn't sleep because we're getting ready to go. I remember when I really couldn't sleep was on Christmas Eve. You remember that as a little kid? Man, I couldn't sleep because I didn't know. I, that guy, I, I wanted to hear if he got my cookies. I mean, they, we did that when we were kids. You know what I mean? It's just the way we found out later. You don't need all that. Not about all that. But I anticipated it. You know what I'm talking about as a little kid? Sometimes we lose it. We need that anticipation of what God is doing. Listen, whatever He has done, you hadn't seen the beginning. You hadn't even touched the surface. What He's done in your life, you've only scratched the surface. God does abundantly, exceedingly, above, all, and beyond what we could ever ask or think. You're up in years, you think, my best years are behind me. Fooey. Your best years are in front of you. God saves His best wine for last. I'm The best wine. Man, all these seeds we've been sowing, there's about to be an explosion around here. So number one, anticipated time. If you lose it, if you lose that fire of anticipation, ask God to give it back to you. It's like... A coach that loses the fire, that's when he starts losing. you got to maintain your fire. Mike Godfrey uh, is probably watching from down in Alabama. I don't mean to draw attention to him, but anyway, he had this story over. No, he's got this program, a television program over in Greensboro at the Christian, and it's on DirecTV. And I look at it as restoration because Mike used to be on ESPN the college football analyst, and anyway, anyway that, those days ended. So he, God's given him a direct TV, radio, television. goes around the world, millions, millions of possible viewers. Anyway, he invited me over, and, and um, I got to be on that program. And just talking about being a pastor and being a coach, I was a coach for a time. You lose your fire, man. Quit. Quit until you get your fire back. We don't need dripping, wet, cold, lukewarm preaching. If you don't have fire, get out of the pulpit. Let one of the fourth graders come up there. More will be accomplished. Maybe some fourth graders will come next week. I hope maybe the same one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not predicting what's going to happen. I'm just excited. And then there's a point where time has passed you up in the Bible. You'll get to a point, the door's closed, that opportunity's finished, that is over. Your life will be over. How many of you know that? There's a point a man wants to die. So there's a time when time will pass you up. Then there's delayed time. It's when you wonder if what you have anticipated will ever, ever come to pass. How many of you know what I'm talking about there? Man, is this ever? I'm anticipating. God, I'm running out of fire here. I can only anticipate so much. God, where are you? How many of you have been there? I've been there. Then there's premature time. That's when you you just can't wait on God, and so you create an Ishmael. You say, I can't wait any longer, God. I'm going to take it on myself. I'm going to do it my way. You get an Ishmael. I'm telling you, I I thought about that recently. I thought, wait, Ishmael, Isaac. I was thinking of it, and I misunderstood. I thought, well, maybe you need a Jacob rather than an Ishmael. And I thought, no, no, I messed up. It's Isaac. Then I thought, no, I didn't mess up. We got to walk in the purposes of God because Jacob is on the wings. Jacob is waiting. The next generation is ready for a move of God. I'm telling you God's going to use our kids It's going to be If we Oh And then there's wasted time Some of you are saying That's what you're doing right now You're wasting my time Wasted time is never going to get it back You can't get it back Then there's due time I like this one I don't like what comes before But Galatians 6, 9 Let us not grow weary in doing good For in due time Say due time We shall reap Say we shall reap If if, if, say if, if we do not lose heart, you don't lose heart, don't lose the fire, don't get discouraged, don't quit, don't throw in the towel. There'll be a time God will turn it all around if you won't faint. And then there's the fullness of time, Galatians 4.4. 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman. When the conditions are right, you cannot create the fullness of time. That's when Ishmael's are born. The fullness of time is God's time when it's right. And it's like these bowls that are being filled up. And then he sends angels to come and tip over the bowls. And the answers to the prayers just begin coming like a flood. And then 1 Samuel 8 talks about over the course of time. There's that implication. And... Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing this morning. I'm talking about what over the course of time from 1988, actually way before that, things that are unfolding. Oh, I got to tell you one more thing. This blew me away. When I was, we tried to get the group from West Virginia to come today. And actually last week and then today and something happened. And so they're coming next week. They asked me, I said, well, sure, you know, we just want you to come because the next week's Father's Day, they're gonna be with their fathers and we, you know, all this So I, sure. We didn't plan next week, but we did. But anyway, so when it was sealed, it was just, when it became sealed, I got a text. Chris Taylor texted me. I don't know if he was in Israel on his way back, but he sends a picture. He says, do, do you recognize these people? You know who it was? It was our best friends in West Virginia. He was the superintendent of schools. He was in our church. In Philippi, West Virginia. And the Lord spoke to me. What I'm about to do is a connection to your past. It happened like 10 seconds after I sealed it. The text came and I ran and got it. And it's Wendell and Linda Teets. I like, God, now you can't do things like this. God, who are you, God? What, are you, what do you think you know what you're doing? This is incredible. Bringing up people from my past. Oh, boy. Then there's the present time, at Romans 8, 22. No time like the present, right? Then there's proper time, 2 Thessalonians 2. Then the Bible speaks of the time to come. And we've talked about that. Remember in John 16, 4? He said, he said uh, you know, the times. I've told you. How do you put, He said, I told you these things so that when they come to pass, or when the time comes, you'll remember that I told you. Remember that? If you read... In John a little bit earlier it also talks about I tell you things before they come to pass so when they come to pass you will believe that I am he that's what America needs right now believe that I am he he is who he says he is can I just prophesy America will know that he is he they are gonna know the great I am one more time from the Rockies to the Smokies to the Brushies. I'm telling you, from Lake Superior to Lake Pontchartrain. You don't know where that one is, but I do. It's where I heard my first promise. God said I would be a part of the greatest revival, the greatest awakening America's ever known. It was on the shores of Lake Pontchartrain. From Lake Michigan. They got some lakes, man. You can't even begin to pronounce their names. I'm telling you, he's going to pour out his glory all over the earth, just like the water, covers the sea. All right. So anyway, he tells us these things. And then there's opportune time. That's the moment when an opportunity exists. Now here, give me example. Here's an example. Luke chapter 4. Now when the devil had ended every opportunity or every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So the opportunity Do you know that the opportunity of a lifetime only lasts during the lifetime of that opportunity? So when the opportunity is in front of you, grab hold of it. It only lasts for the time it's passing by you. So there's opportune time. And then there's the beginning of time, Titus chapter 1 verse 2. Then the end of time, Daniel 12, 4. And we've done our homework. We've we've talked about The times that are on the earth and the times to come and the end of time, we've done that. We were faithful. Now we get to talk about the good stuff. I've sown the seeds and the saints so that when those times come, they'll not be shaken because they know they've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And they won't be off guard when everything falls apart because if you're standing on the rock, you won't fall apart. There's only one place that won't fall apart. and His name is Jesus. He's the rock of all ages. The beginning and the end. He's the one who started it. and He's the one that's going to finish it. The Alpha. The Omega. Now we get to talk about what's happening on the earth. And then let's look over this real quick in the Ecclesiastes. Everybody still with me? Don't go anywhere. I'm not going to let you go right now. I ain't going to let you miss this time. Where did Ecclesiastes? Did somebody take Ecclesiastes? No, I didn't. I ain't got there yet. Ecclesiastes, there it is, chapter three. You remember this? It's what it says about time. To everything, there's a season, a time. Every purpose under the sun, a time to born, time to die, time to plant, time to pluck up. What is planted, you got to plant it, or you won't pluck it up. Time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance. I like times of dancing, don't you? Man, I'm telling you, there's going to be a time of the dancing. It's going to erupt on this property. we got to set speakers up outside until we get that thing built out there. People are going to be dancing on the property. They're going to be worshiping, dancing, celebrating. They will not. Stones are not going to get the opportunity. The rocks are not going to get the chance to steal what's ours in this hour. They will not have what's been appointed to me and to the saints of the Most High. All right, let's go on. Time to cast away stones. Time to gather them up. Embrace, refrain from embracing. Did you know that? Hey, Tyler, do you know that? Time to refrain. Em- Let me tell you a little personal story. Now, I'm not, this is not a prophetic word. I'm not telling you. It's not, but I remember the time when God spoke to me in West Virginia. I'm praying for a wife. I spent a lot of time praying for a wife. What took you so long? What were you, what were you doing? Were you in rebellion or something? You, no, no, you weren't. <laughs> It was it was the fullness of time. But I remember one time God said, Okay, you want your choice or do you want my choice? God. Do I have a choice? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll take your choice. So I had to say goodbye to my choice. I had a choice. I had a choice. I had I thought she was the choice. She start, I started, finally, she started liking me. I spent, a, I spent all the time. She was running the other way. And then I remember I had to say goodbye to her. I did not understand that. How do you do that? How do you say goodbye? One chance of getting married. There was only one girl in Philippi, West Virginia. It was. It. I had to say goodbye. Are you kidding me? What do you still have to do? Is this about taking up your cross yes it is anyway I got God's choice and there's not been one day in the 28 years we've been married that I doubted it was God's choice and and he's proven it to us time and time again there's nothing like getting God's choice if you commit to it you ask you begin to pray there are many teachings out there about marriage I'm telling you for me there is God's choice and he told me he would bring the woman to Press the button. That's what happened when she showed up. It pressed the button. I lost it all. There's a time to gain, time to lose, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time of silence. David, there's a time to keep silent, and a, t- <psicon stadium> a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate. What do you mean, hate? Hate sin, hate the things God hates, not people. A time of war, a time of peace. Okay, you know what else there is though? There's a time to, there's the appointed time. An appointed time. That's God's appointment. It's God's choice. It's God's ordained season, the fullness of time. And then he said at the end of it, it'll speak. Let me move on. At the end, it will speak and will not lie. That means there'll be a time when you think God even lied to you or deceived you or tricked you. Or maybe let you down. He will not let you down. You just misunderstood. I'm telling you, when you really see him clearly, he is God through and through. Somebody told me one time, he does the best job of being God as anyone they ever knew. A lot better than you. And when you misunderstood, it's because you tried to be God. You tried to take over. In the end, it will speak. It will not lie. I was going to refer, and I won't go there. But James, remember, chapter 5, he had an end intended. Job, everything horrible happened, but there was an end intended by the Lord. And at the very end, he saw what God had planned and purpose. Until you get there, there's hope. There's always hope. And then, though it tarries, in that verse, though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. Wait for it. For the vision. here's it. Here, This is the verse in the Amplified. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end the fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed day. But I can tell you, waiting on God... It's part of the Christian journey. It's part of it. How many of you know that? I was going to write on the board, but I'll just tell you real quick. Because I want to get to the point where I get to pray. You get the anointing. I need to be more stuff like that. I know this generation of kids, Did you know, they got all this popular way to preach the gospel Maybe some of it's okay for this generation. But somehow I believe the greatest ingredient for this hour is going to be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. All these other ways, maybe it's the package. It's the anointing. The church in America has been without the anointing. So they create all these other ways. They get, I cannot believe what I heard and then I saw from Hillsong. On the stage at a woman's conference. A naked. Well, he had a guitar, but he, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I just, we need the anointing. You don't need a naked cowboy to rev up the women. You need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I just, I'm not trying to pick. We bless Hillsong, we bless them, God, lead them to repentance. Get out. You don't need that stuff. Oh, man. Okay, the anointing. Here's some things about the, um, no, the waiting. It's the anointing, but the waiting. Number one, he's never early, he's never late, he's always on time. This is about waiting on God. This is what I would have written. Then it's not... And never wasted time. While you're waiting, it's not wasted time. You're not wasting time. It's God-ordained time. And then it's not a season of drought or a time of just doing without. Those who put their trust in God will lack no good thing. Even when you're in a dry season, you have everything. It's your your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I'm just going to tell you that's what this revival is going to be all about. The kingdom of God. It's the kingdom that, uh, of which there will know no end. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even when you're single, you shall not want. You think I, if I just had a wife, I would be, have fulfillment. Your fulfillment is in, is in Jesus. But your wife will help too. I'm telling you, in the right time. It's all part of God's plan. All right. It's not a time of inactivity. Do what you know to do when you're waiting just do what he told you to do last time and just keep walking in it but here's what the word means this is what i wanted to get to the hebrew word for waiting waiting on god means binding or twisting together it's a it's like taking a rope and you twist it and create a rope now when you're twisting a rope you know there's sometimes you look like you're going the opposite way but then you get you end up back in the right way but when it's all put together you got the rope It is a twisting of our will with God's will. It's bringing together us entwined into the will of God, in the timing of God, in the purpose of God. It's causing us to feel a little bit sometimes uneasy. But when it's all said and done, God is the knot tire. He's the one that has the finished product. He brings us together. It's our will giving way to His will. Does that make sense? Waiting on God is an expectation of Him that will not falter. Will not falter. I thought about this verse this morning, so I better read it. Isaiah 64. Look over there real quick. Isaiah 64. This is one of... I love this scripture. And it all fits. Verse 1 of Isaiah 64. Oh, God, that you would rend the heavens... That you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. That's what America's gonna do. It's gonna tremble at the presence of God. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, Men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. Now look at this. Who acts for the one who waits for him? Who acts for the one who waits on him? And that word act speaks about you work, you show yourself active on behalf of those who earnestly wait for you. Their expectation is in you. And they're not budging until they see you. You got to get that in your spirit in this time. It's hard in America because we live in a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's mindset. I just told you an incredible testimony. It's taken me from 88 to 2016, 28 years. To see my prayers answered for West Virginia. And now the bread's coming back. And I don't, like I said, I don't, it doesn't matter what happens next week, it will happen. I know it will happen. And I want everybody in on it. Everybody. I want every school. I know it's summertime, it'd be better if we had school on Monday. Well, they wouldn't agree with me on that. But you know what I mean. The Holy Spirit can hang on. Stuff can erupt in the summer. Football teams breaking out. Prayer meetings. During practice. I'm just telling, I don't know what's going to happen. But eye is not seen, ears not heard, the things that He's prepared for those that love Him. So how are you going to walk in your own vision? It begins with a vision of Him. Of you on, totally on the cross, laying your life down. Lord, I surrender all. I hold nothing back. I am not coming to you to negotiate. I'm coming to die. That you would live in me and your son would be glorified through me. There's no other option. Take up your cross. He said, if any man come after me. Let him go to church and do good things. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me daily. So that's the invitation. Anybody want Jesus this morning? we need to make sure every time there's going to be a time we won't be able to keep up with it, but we'll handle it best we can. We are up to the challenge. Bob Jones prophesied a million youth. Lord, we're up to the challenge. I'd rather have the ox in the stalls and a little mess to deal with than a clean stall with no mess. Lord, bring on the mess. Bring on. Man, this is good. Some of us are going to step in stuff, get home, have to clean our shoes. That church, I get messy every time. What's going on? When, when that happens, you'll know revival's broke out. No, you also know, you'll get home, you'll say, when when are the doors going to be open again? I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to go back. We'll just call Keith. Keith, open the doors. Keep them open. I don't know. I don't know. I want people to experience individual, personal. I know it begins with us individually. I felt like the Lord said, what if it never come to your church? What if I just did something among the youth? I said, yes, God glory to you but then my friend from alabama calls me right after that and says david the lord told me it's coming to your church god i just said it didn't matter why do you have him call it's like abraham you slay things on the altar he's about to blow the church away if you want to get let me tell you he's going to blow the church away christianity in america It's been spoiled, decayed, corrupted. God's going to come. Holiness. He's a holy God. This revival will be built on integrity. Holiness. And Isaiah 44, 4. When the glory of the Lord fills the temple, this is what I'm waiting out for. Some of you say, what are you waiting for? When the glory of the Lord filled the temple, those who entered fell on their faces. When I I dug that up in my files, I said, 444 West Pike Street? God, you always show me 444. It's because it's the standard and I will not back off. It's not a... I'm just telling you, it's not a party God's about to throw. I don't know if there's any word for it. But it's it's kind of like a volcano, huh? Shalom. It's an eruption. From sea to shining sea. From Washington. We had somebody from Washington State. God, we prophesy revival in Washington State. We prophesy Seattle. What's some other town? Spokane. Hmm? Tacoma. God. Washington State. Erupt in Washington State. Erupt in Washington State. God. Send the fire of God. Where's that man from Washington? Right there. Can we pray over you? man? We, we're supposed to give out little torches here too, so I want a big one. Washington state. We give him a torch. You shall be a tool in the hand of God to bring revival to Washington. We send, we release fire upon this man, upon his daughter, precious daughter. I bless you guys. In Jesus' name. What other state was... Ohio, Missouri. You guys stand up. You guys, if you're from a different state, stand up. Or from Africa. How did you show up from Africa? Come on, stand up. Hey, put your hands on these guys. Let's pray. Send the fire of God. Fire of God. We want God to use them. They came here. They didn't come here just to go to a good church meeting. Lord, we release your fire. Release your anointing. We give them a torch. Now, fire of God, fall. In Jesus' name, we release your fire. Release your anointing. Anointing anointing, fire, fire in Jesus' name Missouri, fire let me get over there with Africa, thank you keep praying, keep praying over them in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Uganda, we loose the fire of God during His time in America, Lord keep filling Him up, filling Him up Lord, we prophesy Uganda, Congo, Burundi Kenya, Nigeria revival, fire, break out use this man Connect Him with the right ones, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Release. What state? Oh, you're too. Oh, goodness. Washington. God, there's too many from Washington. You have a double portion for Washington in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. And if we didn't lay hands on you, whatever state you're from, we prophesy revival. We prophesy an awakening. We break off the spirit of religion. And we loose the spirit of grace, liberty, and the anointing. Now, I'm going to pray about this vision. How many of you lost your vision? You feel like it's become stolen? Maybe you just messed up. Whatever. How many of you feel like you need a fresh vision from the Lord for your life? You? Okay, good. Anybody? You? Anybody else? Okay, good. Fresh vision from the Lord. All you guys. You need one. Can we get, ask God to do it for you? He will. When you're a little kid, our p- kids are going to prophesy. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. So, Lord, we pray, fresh vision, in the name of Jesus. Let's all stand. Lord, release fresh vision. Even those that didn't raise their hand, you, if I has not seen, you hadn't seen all you're to see yet. So, Lord, g- open up their eyes, give them greater vision, greater vision to see the handwriting. Of God on the wall of their hearts. Lord, those things that they've been created for. We are your workmanship. Say that. Say, I am your workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. Which you planned beforehand. That I should walk in them. And I will walk in it. By faith. Now I loose that, Lord. I released that. That's the last point to that message I forgot. I just thought. Remember how Habakkuk ends up? The proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. That's it. How do you walk out your vision? You walk it out by faith. By faith. So, Lord, release fresh faith. Fresh faith. The Diamondbacks. Now, that's pretty cool. Can we just pray for them? I know you don't play for them. But we—I want to. Let's just believe God. You wore that for a purpose. Can we pray? God breaks out in the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that it be something that's written about in the Arizona papers. Revival breaks out. I don't know. Let's just ask God. You have not, because you ask not. So Lord, we pray for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't even know what place they're in. Doesn't matter. They're in your place. And this guy wore the shirt. I know he didn't wear it for that. But you spoke to me. So we pray. Break out in the midst of the Arizona Diamondback baseball team, this year we pray, we prophesy it, revival, an awakening, souls to be saved, that it would be written about in some newspaper somewhere, and we'll hear about it in Jesus' name. That's pretty wild. You got a word?
2: It could have something to do with their ballpark, that God's going to use their ballpark in a mighty way for meetings revivals for whatever that he plans on doing there so we just agree with
3: that, that that's the lord let's pray but uh who was it? paul cain had a word that the stadiums they're building now for the diamondbacks and the yankees and the red sox god's going to use them for revival let's remind him let's remind him stir up so lord we remind you of that word we remind you of that word, and we pray, Father, that this would be the season and time for that word to be fulfilled. We call forth that stadium in Arizona. We call forth the Superdome. We call forth the Charlotte Hornet Stadium. We call forth Bank America Stadium, Time Warner Cable. We call forth... Red Sox Park, all these places. It's time. It's time. Break out. Break out in the L.A. Coliseum. Break out. Break out in Kansas City. Break out. Break out. Wrigley Field, you've been a great place. We prophesy the greatest days are ahead for Wrigley Field. In the name of Jesus. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks for helping us. Now, I think that was the correction. The stadium is what he was after, but wouldn't it be something if God just did it in the Diamondbacks too? You know, we say God, but it was for the stadium. He's a big God. What's this place over in Hickory, the baseball stadium? Friends, somebody, friends, friends stadium. Lord, we pray for friends stadium. We pray for revival to break out in Hickory. Our good friend Heath Adams. It's, he's running with it He has a mantle in his hand And he's running the race God you've shown him great things So God we pray we call forth that Friends ballpark As a place of awakening and revival In the name of Jesus I just saw that stadium In the na- I don't know what they hold But it's too small But Lord use it anyway And we have the whole infield we can use So Lord we ask for it We bless Hickory We call forth revival in Hickory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The raceway in our county. All the, could you imagine? What is it? 110, 130,000 people in the Charlotte Speedway. Father, we call for the Charlotte Speedway and all these speedways, racetracks. We can get them in there now. That's big enough. So, Lord, we prophesy these places to open up. We prophesy revival, breakout in the speedways. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you are about ready to run. You're running. Running. I got one more thing to pray. And then you blow that horn like you've never blown it before. One more thing. If you're visiting here, you'll say, This is a different church. We don't want to be normal. We want to write it on the wall. We do not want to be normal. If we are normal kill us. We don't want to be normal. But don't kill us. But No, don't put that. No, definitely don't put that. But Lord, we pray evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers. Ooh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Call them forth out of this room. Fresh anointing. Upon the five fold, ministries, missionaries, prophets, pastors, blazing with the gospel in the name of Jesus. We call them forth. New fire. I see that. When a volcano erupts, the two kinds, there's one that flows, another kind that just, and they have all these fireballs. So we release. Thank you, Father. Fireballs. Hit the chest. Hit the chest of the people of God. On fire, in our barbershops, beauty salons. On fire, revivals, breakout, revivals. Food Lion, Food Lion, Walmart, in the name of Jesus. Listen, guys, we can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. We're just setting the course for next week, and then the week after is Father's Day. What's going to happen on Father's Day? The Father. Oh, goodness. But we ain't waiting. I'm not waiting. Now, there's some things you've got to wait. I just preached on waiting. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Even the young men grow weary. But those who wait upon the Lord. So, Lord, we pray for the grace to wait and the grace to run. We pray for the fire. Lord, we bless everyone that's come in the name of Jesus. I know we got to go, but I'm just praying. There's something more. God, pour out. There's people that are a little discouraged, disheartened they just lost things. Somebody lost somebody. Lord, I pray that you just fill up the gap with your presence and your love. Lord, you bore that grief. We pray for the healing power of Jesus. Healing. Restoration. Oh, God. Lord, there's some that need to break out in joy. Joy. Unspeakable. Break out. Break out. In the name of Jesus. Joy. Joy. Oh. God, Thank you. Thank you. Well, we better go, but I just want to walk down the aisle real quick. I just, oh, this man here is such a precious man, such a saint, and enduring. He's one of those that have endured, and he is enduring. Oh, man. And, and Deborah just graduated. She has, what do you have? Masters? Doctors? What do you got? Your masters. You hadn't caught up with me. Oh, yes. What's that? Zambia. Zambia. You're going to Zambia? You're kidding me. What are you going to do? My dad's doing medical mission work, so I get to help. Medical mission work in Zambia. Whoa, let's pray. Let's pray. Awesome. Father. Hey, my friend from Africa, come on over. Thank you, Lord. Come on over. Yeah, India, others. Linda. Come on. Lord, thank you. Zambia. Zambia Yeah, go ahead Blow the horns Release the anointing, Lord Oh God, we bless her Thank you, Lord Pray for the fire of God Medical missions Start a revival in Zambia In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus Lord, be the great physician We pray a great harvest And miracles, signs and wonders Thank you, Father. This, we just baptized her not too long ago. So this is a grand. We could send her to Zambia. So let's go. Thank you, God, for this journey. So we bless her and we send her forth as your representative, your ambassador. Anoint her, God, with great authority, and unction. God, use quiet, simple, but let a explosion break out in Zambia. We release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else going anywhere? You're going back home if I let you go. Okay, Lord, fresh oil, fresh anointing. God bless you guys watching by internet. We we love you guys. Tell somebody about next week and the folks from West Virginia, and we'll turn them loose. God bless you guys.